Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan. We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast. Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business. Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. We are very excited to have you guys with us today. Uh, As everyone knows, it's my favorite day. It's interview day. Um, I love interviews. I just really enjoy talking to people, getting other perspectives, and expanding my own thought process around, you know, our topic for the season. So before we dive into all of that fun and goodness, I want to just, you know, say hello to my co-host, my fantastical friend, Tova, and uh, welcome her to the show and ask her, how are you doing today, Tova? Um, You know, I knew that question was coming. It comes every time. Every time. And I was like, (laughs) okay, are you ready? Are you ready to answer the question? How are you doing today? And I was like, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was not prepared. I'm still not prepared. I had a good okay. walk today. Um, so that felt good. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Um, I am a week and a half back at work Yeah, and I'm like adjusting. Mm-hmm. I still am having um, my Alexa device, which is unplugged right now because we're recording, but if it wasn't, (laughs) it would have told me at noon to eat lunch. Yeah. And it would tell me every hour on the hour to eat lunch um, until I do, because I have not figured out how to eat and have meetings at the same time. Um, So I guess that's how I'm doing. Okay. Um, But I, I think I'm doing well. I just haven't really figured out how to do things and eat yet, but I will. I've, I did it before. It not, can happen. Not particularly well before, but I did it before. Yeah, but you can get there. It's okay. I can, We're I gonna, can get there. I'm, I'm supporting you in this I process. have food in the fridge, like okay. really good leftover food. So, you know, I have the tools. Yep. 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 Yeah. And I'm excited um, today too. Yeah. So as, as everyone knows, season nine is all about how is your heart? I will tell you that lately mine is a little stressed. It's a little stressed. The world is not in a great place and I'm finding that very stressful. Um, It's very heavy. The season of the year is heavy for me. It's just a lot lot of heaviness. So um, just before we get into our interview, I just want to tell everyone what I'm going to do about that. So I've started meditating again. Mm. I'm going to do some grounding work. I'm going to get a Reiki session. And um, I'm also just talking about it, which helps me tremendously in dealing with my big feelings, right? Is just saying like, hey, this is not the best time of my life, right? Like I'm struggling a little bit and there's a lot of things going on that are very hard and heavy and it's it's okay to feel that and to experience that. So that's how my heart is. Um, why don't we get into our interview, Tova? Do you want to introduce our amazing guest for the day? Yes, I am super excited to introduce our amazing guest for the day. And I have to I have to tell a little story. So first of all, our amazing guest, she's on the screen now, if you're watching us on YouTube, which if you're not, why aren't you watching us on <laughs> yeah, YouTube? You should be. Um, <laughs> our amazing guest is Wendy Meadows. She is a best-selling author, a coach, a family law mediator. And my little story before I tell you all about the wonderful things about Wendy is she has met my dad. Wendy and I have not met in real life. But Wendy has met my dad. They met, I think, at a breakfast. Oddly enough, my dad was actually out for dinner at the restaurant that they met at last night. 
So it's like a whole big full circle moment. I don't know how one of them was talking. And I think my dad, because he's a big, you know, listener and talking and he was like, wait, you're a lawyer and a mom. You must know my daughter because she's a lawyer and a mom. It was one of those things. And she's like, actually, I do know your daughter because yes, I'm a lawyer and a mom. Anyway, one of these days I will meet Wendy in real life. But Wendy is quite a force of nature, which everybody is going to realize as this interview goes on. She is the best-selling author of Sparkle and Grit, a certified life coach, mostly to law moms, and like I said before, a family law mediator. Wendy practiced family law exclusively for 15 years. In that time, she became a partner, a managing partner in 10 years, and then went solo at 13. Um, She did know that there was something more. And she applied some sparkle and grit into her own life and made a leap into becoming a certified life coach uh, so that she could help um, her professional comrades beat that burnout um, and feel heard and find success in a way that feels good to them, which is so incredibly important. Um, So today you are going to see, I think what a lot of us see who know Wendy, either those of us, well, those people who are lucky to have met her in real life. And those of us who are are lucky enough, I don't know why I say real life in person, those, (laughs) and then those of us who are lucky enough to know her. This um, is not the real life. And we see her. Um, So we are so excited to talk to Wendy. Uh, So with that being said, welcome, Wendy. How are you doing today? Well, goodness. See, I didn't know that question was coming. <laughs> so We didn't prepare I, you. I, you did not. And I say overall, when I take a couple steps back, well, but what if I take a bird's eye view into like what's actually happening in the morning and the evenings in my home when the children are home, it's just a hard season. It is a really hard season that nobody prepared me for. And even though I wrote the book about sparkle and grit and overcoming burnout and overwhelm, like I, I still feel some overwhelm like daily, you know, but just because of the season of life we're in. So that is where I am. <laughs> yeah. I, people tend to assume when you work in this industry and you do things that wherein you are leading other people, um, that you don't experience the same, <laughs> the same things that you're yeah. talking about all the time. Um, so we're going to dive in with a really like difficult question, right? Right at right out of the gate. Uh, hopefully that's okay yeah. with you. But as you obviously already know, our whole season is talking about and and diving into this conversation around how is your heart? And whether we're asking ourselves or we're asking other people that question, like how do we even get to the bottom? How do we figure out an answer to that? And so we're gonna ask you today, how is your heart? Oh, I feel like I want to start crying. Yeah. My heart has been on a journey these last couple months, again, especially starting the summer with the kiddos. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how, what, where, why, like we got to like where we got to, but during COVID, everything was amazing. My family got along so well. Every, like we, we were like the perfect COVID family. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. We all got along. I think we're all scared in the same, same way. Like we bonded over that and it was very copacetic, right? It was just, it was fantastic. And then this summer, I don't know what happened, but my kiddos, I have an 11 and nine year old and it's just like the constant fighting. It was the constant fighting. And then it was just different. There is something going on with each kid. Don't know what it is, but there's like, I'm seeing the trickle with each kid. And then it was 
all of that time and work we put into summer camp and making sure everything is perfect and everything is wonderful. And like, we have the calendar, we have the invites, we have it on our outlook, we have carpool, everything is lined up perfectly. And then a kid gets sick or a kid gets hurt, which is awful. But like, what do you feel terrible about? You're not thinking about your sick kid or your hurt kid. You're thinking about how the freak am I supposed to like figure this out now? And you get really angry at the world, you know, because you put so much time and effort into that. And then the kid's just not getting along. And it's been better now that the school year has started, but it's still just, we're in this weird season we're in a weird season that I can't say I'm in love with. Like I love one-to-one time with each kiddo, but when we're all together, it's not the same as it was. And I'm, I am mourning the time that they were little, (laughs) which I never thought I would, but I'm I'm mourning that. Right. (laughs) Right? I think there's going to be aspects of every phase of life that I will miss and aspects that I'll be like, Ooh, I'm glad we're done with that. Um, I, I don't, you know, I think that's just a part of change, right. A part, a natural part of growth. Um, but I, I, I do think a lot of people can relate to that experience. My kids go through phases where they're fantastic together. And then phases where I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't, I need to put you both in like separate parts of this house and never let you cross paths. I yes. feel like my kids go through those phases like multiple times in the same day. I was just going to say that for you. Yeah. <laughs> like and it's I- all in one day for you. It's all in one day for me. And it's interesting because one thing that does help is I I have, I hope I've empowered my kids to sort of call me out when I get frustrated. And I'm like, why can you not like it happened the other day? It happened on Sunday when we were, we spent the whole day or almost the whole day at a a soccer tournament for my youngest. And um, it's a soccer tournament, the older two have participated in and their teams didn't get in this year, not because they like weren't good enough. Um, It was just like, they took 12 teams and one kid's team was the 13th team to sign up and none of the other teams dropped out. Like it just, you know, just didn't work out. And, um, they, they, you know, so we were there all day. And as we were driving though, they were fighting and they were fighting over like the A team and the B team. And it was just all this competitive nonsense. And I was just so sick of it. And I was like, can you guys just support each other? Like, what is this? And my 12 year old was like, you're joking. Right. And I was like, I just wish you would support each other. And he goes, we just spent seven hours at a soccer tournament cheering on our seven-year-old brother. We cheered the whole time. And I was like, yes, you did. And I rescind that comment. <laughs> and and I, I, like, I'm glad that he felt comfortable calling me out. Like, I still wish they wouldn't fight all the time, but it's like, okay, yes, you, you did. And I didn't have siblings growing up, so I don't totally understand sometimes that dynamic yeah um and so i don't understand why you're just don't like you clearly love each other and you would defend each other to the death so like why don't you just like and also by the way when whenever you take one out of the three of you you say nice stuff about the other one all the time when they're not around like so why can't you say that to their face like i don't understand like you literally we drop one off at practice and they're like he's gonna do really great today he's just so good like or why don't they pitch him more he's really good i don't he's gonna be the best pitcher on the team and when he's in the car he's like you don't deserve to be on the a team why would they put you on the a team i'm like my head is gonna explode but i do want to ask you because we asked you how are you and we asked you how is your heart and 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 because you you know you're in this setting you, you took both questions seriously, but if you were, you know, at, at school pickup, right. And you were talking to mm-hmm. someone and someone said, Hey, how are you doing, Wendy? And someone said, how is your heart? How, 
how are those two questions different to you? Like how, how does one sort of pierce you a little deeper than the other? Right. Well, how, how are you doing? It's just such a, Oh, I'm fine. Great. Thanks. How are you? You know, and it's almost, sometimes I don't even hear them say it anymore. I don't even like think of what I'm saying. We sort of do this automatic, just blah statement, unless you get me at a really amazing time or you get me at a time where I am so frazzled, <laughs> I might say, I'm like, do you really want to know? Like I will right. tell you. And then I will just go through the litany of all the annoying things that happened that morning. Right. right. If someone might, if you really want to know. And then, but the heart piece, I mean, there's something about it that didn't mean it just made me want to tear up almost as soon as you asked the question. I think it's you gave me space to sit back for a moment and say, you know, how how is my heart? Like if I have to drop down, I always talk about like dropping down from like the brain to the heart to like the stomach, like getting in there. Like, how do I actually feel since I'm so like I do all my feeling here? It it just it evoked an emotional response, I think, first, you know, then I had to actually think, okay, where are these emotions coming from? Like, why am I feeling this emotion? So I think it was, a, I think that's why for me. Yeah, I think it's um, such a great question to ask yourself. Um, and I've sort of evolved into this thought process throughout our season. And that is like, if I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, you know, okay, how's your heart today? I have that same sort of visceral response that you were just describing of like getting into my body and thinking about what the emotions are behind whatever I'm feeling and thinking that mm -hmm. day. Um, and I, I think it's, you know, it's also great to ask other people. I think it's, you know, it, it depends on the person. Some people might be like, excuse me, <laughs> but other people, you know, that you have a meaningful connection with, it can be a great conversation um, creator and space creator, like you just said. In addition to kind of thinking about how is your heart, we like to combine that conversation with thinking about joy. Um, so what for you, what brings you joy and how did you kind of figure that out and what does joy mean to you? So that's, I know it's three questions, but they're all sort of <laughs> interconnected. All right. What brings me joy? How did I figure it out? What that means to me? All right. What brings me joy? This is, I'm going to give you the weirdest answer ever. And you're going to both look at me like I'm crazy, but like number, the number one thing that came to my brain was like, I love cardio. And I know I am like in the minority <laughs> there, but like, I love cardio. I love a good workout. I love Shanti. Like if I am doing a workout with him and he says something funny and I'm like sweating and like working so hard, I feel pure joy in that moment. Like that is love that. easy, like the easy to like get. But like stepping back, like in a more serious, I think, answer to the question, pure joy would be really good conversations with other women or men, you know, but with other people and or having conversation and sharing a life experience or letting that person be heard. And that person actually feels heard and like me too. So in terms of either I'm giving them the space to be heard for the first time or I'm sharing a story and then now they feel less alone that it fills my cup. So it's not like joy, like, yay, like Shanti joy, but it's joy. Like I just feel complete uh, when those things happen. I'm trying to remember step two and three of the question. Um, how did you got I figure most that of it. And, and okay. for, yeah, how did you come to the understanding for you of what, what, what fills you up like that? How did, was it trial and yeah. error? Did you, was this part of your family dynamic growing up? Like yeah. how did, how did you come to that? Right. Not at all part of the family dynamic, like whatsoever. I mean, I'm also an only child. So I know, you know, what it means too when you look at your sibling or you, your children, you're like, do you know how lucky you are that you have siblings? 
Uh, so it was more going from like, we talk about the book a little bit, but more going from bleak to technicolor. So if I were riding back into 2015, 2015, I was full-time family law attorney litigator, and it was go, 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 discovery, trial, fight with opposing counsel, fight with my client, fight with everybody, fight maybe with my law partners. It was, it was just in a constant state of fight. And I figured out a good way to flight. <laughs> my flight was, I found this like health and wellness business on accident. I didn't mean to find it. It just sort of found me. And I found myself every morning between like five and seven in the morning, I was like Facebooking with other, usually moms like all across the country, Facebooking with people, like running a group on Facebook, making people feel good, listening to their goals, listening to where they wanted to go and like cheering them on. So then for like an, an about the course of a year, I realized my whole vernacular changed, how I talked to my law clients changed because every morning I was pouring into women for like an hour to two hours at a time. And by doing that, it just changed my outlook on life and it changed who I was as an attorney as well. And I realized like, ooh, like this is what I need. Like this is what I want. And by seeing gray and blah to like, ooh, technicolor and looking at the world as a sparklier place, like that's that's where things changed for me. And that's where I'm like, aha, that's it. Yeah. How did people from your, I hate to say it this way, but like from your before life to your after mm -hmm. experience, how did they react to that change in you? Because when you when you go to work all the time and then suddenly you're talking in a different way or you're reacting in a different way, people notice. Oh yeah. So my clients loved it. So my client or my, maybe even like brand new people, they loved it. They're like, Oh my gosh, this is a whole new person speaking to me. Uh, I, some of my best friends that I've had before are no longer best friends. We no longer talk. They just, they, as I started to grow and find new things that they thought that meant I was leaving them behind. I would have taken them arm in arm with me wherever I was going. They just didn't want a piece of it. And yeah, that's okay. So some people had a hard time. My husband had a hard time at first for the first year when I was like finding this like new way of life. He's like, what is going on? Like you're on your computer all the time. You're doing all this stuff. I don't even understand. And I just like, I just know it's going to lead to something bigger. You just have to trust me. And it took him a long time because he was not happy about it. I would say for like the first year I was like in a different industry. And I don't know if it was how other people reacted to me too. I mean, that's sort of how other people reacted to me, but it was also, I could no longer be in the rooms I wasn't before comfortably. Com I can't say that right. With comfort. Yeah. <laughs> I, no. I, just, it, <laughs> I understand. Comfort. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so I'm sorry, Tova, I'm hogging. Go. No, well, so two two things. One's a comment, one's a question. Um, and maybe I have a feeling you and I might have, well, maybe, I don't know if we had the same question or not. So one comment is with the, the Sean T. Joy is, um, I mean, listen, it's endorphins, man. That's what you feel yeah, when you yeah. feel that joy. Like there's some science there. Like there's runner's high or Sean T, you know, T25 high, whatever it's going to be. Um, but so that's great stuff. And I know lots of people are like, yeah, but you're sweating and it's, but no, like there's, there's exercise, there's, there's science backing you up there, um, which mm -hmm. is awesome. But then I guess my, my question is, so, you know, you stumbled upon this, this new world, this sort of brave new world. And there mm -hmm. was something in you that was clearly telling you, despite the fact that you were potentially losing some friends and you were having to, so this is eight years ago, which means you had a one-year-old and a three-year-old. Yep. 18 and, month. Yeah. 18 month old. And yep. During yeah. Yep. Okay. And, um, your husband is not a big fan of what's going on. 
And, but there's something mm-hmm. inside of you going like, nope, this is the right thing. This is exactly what I need to be doing. So yeah. is the, was this the, the first time that you were listening to that really loud voice or had you always listened to that voice? Like how, how did you know to listen to that voice? Um, yeah. you know, that's, I guess that's the question. Like, how yeah. did you know that that was yeah. the voice that you should be listening to? That's really interesting. So Whenever I have followed my gut instinct before this, it was usually to get me out of danger, right? So for example, when I was a baby lawyer and my firm was the first iteration of the firm, it was when I joined and one of the partners basically threw me under the bus for something I didn't do. And I'm like, nope, like, I'm not I'm not dealing with this. Like if he's after my integrity and my ethics, nope, this isn't, that is the number one thing I need to have as an attorney. And something in my very little baby lawyer, Wendy, said, I am not working for him anymore. And I went to the other partner. I'm like, I'm happy to stay here, but I am no longer, I, I cannot work for him. Like, I, I don't want to lose my law license. And I'm very proud of that little Wendy that said that, you know, to protect herself. Same thing several years later when I said, okay, I'm having my first child. I'm going to be home on Mondays. They called it Mommy Mondays. And I'll work four days a week. And my law partner slash boss at the time said to me, oh, well, then that also means you'll take a 20% pay cut. I'm like, nope, we're not doing that. And I don't know what possessed me to like think on my feet that fast. But again, it was like protection. So usually my voice that I've, my gut that I've trusted for so long, that's only steered me in the right way has been, was for protection. And then there was like this magical thing, I guess, happened once my daughter was 18 months old. And that's what I usually tell people. Like once your youngest is 18 months old, that's when your brain is back in your head again and you can start thinking about like life, yeah. you know? <laughs> and I wonder what the switch there was. Cause I think part of the switch was back then, I finally had all the things I ever wanted, right? Like I had the nice house, I had the husband, I had the two children, I had the two dogs, I was a partner in the law firm. So all those things I worked so hard to get, but feeling blah. I think it was just time is it was just because I saw and if I didn't change anything, it was just going to be like this for the rest of my life and very monotonous. And I just, I guess maybe it was even to protect myself again from the monotony. So it's probably again, a a protecting voice again. (laughs) That's what I was going to say too. It's still a a form of protection, right? It's not Mm -hmm. um, protection from danger or from a necessarily or from like you know uh somebody attacking you or like you were talking about before your integrity or things like Mm -hmm. that but it's still a form of protection if you're thinking about like uh, and this is actually our our next one of our next questions is if you're thinking ahead right like if you're looking at your life Mm -hmm. down the road and this happened to me when I was being a lawyer um and I wasn't even a lawyer for nearly as long as you and uh but I had one of those moments where I was like if I imagine my life in 10 years, what's this going to look like? What's this going to be? And it was bleak. It was not happy. It was not positive. I was not happy. Um, And so it is a form of protection to listen to that inner voice. And if it helps people actually listen, right, to that gut instinct, then I think Mm -hmm. that's a good thing if you think of it that way. But so just to, to get back to our question, like if you look ahead 10 years from now, how would you like to feel like not what would not what do you want to have not what successes do you want under your belt but like what's the Mm -hmm. feeling that you hope to generate in your life by what you're doing and who you are that I'm in the space where I'm supposed to be like I'm not itchy I'm not stuck I'm not saying what if 
I'm like, I can breathe. And this is 100% where I'm supposed to be. So then if that is what is happening, then I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling joy, like, and not just like, oh, yeah, I'm happy, but like for real joy, like I wake up, like I can't wait to get out of bed because I get to do my life, right? I get to do the thing that I have on tap that day. And I hope so in 10 years from now, my children will be in college, maybe or doing whatever they want to do after high school. Um, rested, maybe I hope to be a little bit more rested, right. but like connected too. I want to make sure that we're still connected. Like however I'm a parent from now until like they, they do leave the nest so that I have done what I need to do to make sure we saw the deep connection that lasts and that they actually want to come home and they want to vacation with us. So I think real true joy, connection, and just at peace. Yeah. Um. So we need to take a quick break. Uh, which we will do now. Sorry to like jump in there, Tova. I know you were up for questions, Um, but we'll take a quick break, everyone. And when we come back, we will continue. We'll be right back. Hey, Tova, you know what I love? Coffee, definitions, uninterrupted reading time. Okay. All of those things are true, but I also love maps. As in Siri, take me to the beach. Yeah. Also, as in, uh, who am I really? And who do I want to be? Yeah, I figured that's what you meant. But I also have the beach on my mind. So, well, we were talking about things we love. So that definitely makes sense. But the map I was thinking about is our Defining You course. Yes, we put together Defining You as a way to map where you are and how you want to live your life. So true. So many people struggle to find their purpose in a busy and noisy world. That's why we made Defining You, our course meant to guide you to creating your own mission statement. And there's good news. You can get it now on teachable.com. Find the link on our website at goboldlyinitiative.com backslash courses, or check out the link on our Instagram bio at goboldlytogether. We can't wait to see you there. Now, let's head back to the show. Okay, welcome back from break. Um, you you have sort of answered this question in 10 different ways, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, you have, you've talked about following your gut and you've talked about how you made decisions. And you also talked about how you try to bring it sort of from your head to your heart. But when you are making a decision, and I don't know if it's like, picking a camp for your kids or making a decision for your family, or even, even when you're figuring out how to, you know, the tour for your book, you know, and it's like, where do Mm -hmm. I go? What do I do? How do you make decisions? Um, Is it following your head? Is it following your heart? Is it a combo of the two? Is your heart and your gut the same thing? Like what, what do you do when you're trying to figure these things out? I make decisions very quickly and usually I don't think a whole lot about them. (laughs) Like, so if I make the decision, like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I make the decision. I announce it to the world. So I have some accountability and then I'm like, and then how do I make this happen? And then I reverse engineer it from there. I I don't spend a lot of time, like uh, what what I call it, waffling, waffling, Mm -hmm. waffling. I'm trying to think what my my husband's the exact opposite. So I don't spend a lot of time waffling over a decision is to, if it feels good, I say, yep. Okay. That's it. And then I start running that direction. And if I need to change course, that's fine. You know, I I change course and I don't really think about the decision part too much. And there's 
times that's been really amazing for me. And I'm sure there's been times that has gotten me into trouble too. Uh, but usually it's a very quick, and I'd say from my gut and my gut and heart are pretty much aligned there. So for me, they're one and the same more often than not. Is so that, then I want to ask a follow-up and this oh. is, this is something for like the people, people who are listening, what do you mean when you say, if it feels good, mm. like, what does that feel like for you? Like no resistance. I'm trying, I, for example, last summer I was listening to a podcast and the host said, and I am hosting this event in Arizona and you should come. And I said, yes, I should. And everything in my body was screaming, you have to go. You have to go. I didn't get like danger, danger. I don't know about this or anything. It was just like, you have to go. I came home. I said, hey, husband, I'm going to this event in Arizona. He, he knows now just to say, okay. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know? And uh, it just it just felt good. It felt mm-hmm. good. And I went and it turned out to do some like amazing, it, it turned into a lot of really amazing opportunities. Um, if something doesn't feel great, I feel like, again, it almost feels like a stomach ache. It feels like a stomach ache and my stomach is turning and then it starts to like come up like through my, I guess my esophagus, you know, but like deep, deep, deep down in my, I guess, say what I was with the sternum, mm-hmm. like right behind the sternum. It just doesn't, it almost feels like I can't get a full breath. It doesn't feel, and it's not sitting right with me. And I might start to get like jittery and anxious and I'm just like, okay, this is, this is a no go. This, this is not for me. So have you always had this feeling like this mind body connection that you are so, I I don't want to say hyper aware of, but aware of, whereas Mm -hmm. like, I think a lot of people are not. And so I'm curious if that's something that you remember from like being a kid this was how you did stuff or if you developed it like how do people get there I think I've always had it I I think I've and I think certain events have happened in my life to help me fine-tune it mm-hmm. as I go along but I it's always been there and then I'm just I'm very hyper aware as it is of myself like I know if I eat like I learned very early if I eat garlic and I have to mix it with cheese I'm going to feel really sick right so I'm very like oh and I smell something oh this is then going to do this to me like always the cause and the effect of things um but the more the the woo I'll call it or the intuition uh, it's something I've definitely tapped more into I was saying the last several years but uh, it's always been there Interesting. And I, I want to highlight too, yeah. we've, we've talked, we ask people a lot and, and I try to figure out like, what does that feel like for you? Cause I think some people mm-hmm. we've had people on the show who've talked about like, they, they feel a tingling, like they feel it, it feels good. But I, I think for a lot of people, it feels like you feel, and, and it's similar for me, which is, it's just the absence of bad. Like you're like, Ooh, this looks great. And then you're like, Nope, no warning signs. Sounds good. All right, let's. It's a go. (laughs) No alarm bells going off. It's a go. I like that you use the word resistance. I think that's a very helpful term for people to um, associate with this sort of process, right? Like, if you feel any kind of mental, emotional, physical resistance to a decision that you've made, it's a flag, right? Like it may not be a red flag that says, no, you can't do this, but it's still something telling you like, Hey, pay attention. Look at this. You know what? I do know where, where I helped with it. It was like dating. It wasn't, I would know going on a first date with somebody or even just meeting a guy like back when I was very, I was very boy crazy growing up, you know, but I would know immediately. Nope. 
you know, like, this isn't going to work. Like I would know in the first five minutes and my first date with my husband, he was like, so what are you thinking? I said, well, I think, you know, usually in the first 30 seconds, if it's a no or a maybe, and I'm like, you're definitely not a no. I think we're in the maybe categories. (laughs) Let's keep seeing where this is going. But I think that, I think that's where I started honing it when I was, you know, dating more, you know, I guess pre-law school. Right. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's and that's something relatable. So for, for all of our mm-hmm. listeners, like if you have been on that dating circuit, I hate to call it that, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure what other word to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think most of us have experienced that, right? Where you're like, oh no, yeah. oh, no, no. Yep. Um, <laughs> so it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> something to keep in the back mm-hmm. of your minds. Um, we're not supposed mm-hmm. to wait to see how red the flag can get. Is yes. That- yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it oh, doesn't we've done that red. too, right? I mean- like- I think we've all done that as well. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, <laughs> 100%. Um, so in addition to all of these other things we've asked you, um, if you could change one thing about your life, like if there's one nagging thing going on for you, what would that be? And and why? And how does that affect your heart? Oh, like right this moment, like not a past event? Yeah, like in your life today, mm-hmm. is there something you want that you're actively working to change? Actively working. If I could change one, see, so many, so many of the things are outside of my control. Like if sure. I could change one thing, it would be, I'm having date night with my husband every week. Like that, that's like an easy low hanging fruit. Right. And we try, we keep trying and then it keeps getting messed up for like a variety of reasons, right? I can, but really- like something I could change <laughs> about myself is as a family law attorney, I knew how to structure my days and time. And I knew how to be a successful family law attorney. Like, okay, this is how much I need a bill. This is how I do it. And like getting clients wasn't hard as a family law attorney. It's just like, you know, 50% or 51% of marriages end up in divorce that have people like landing in my lap. So it wasn't hard to figure out how to structure my day. Being this new person I am now, which is I wear three different hats you know, with like mediator, coach and author, trying to structure my day and know what the mark of a good day was in terms, it's not all income producing activity anymore, right? As attorneys, we trade time for money. Like literally you can make money by typing away at your keyboard and having a timer running in your billing software. Like it's that easy to make money. And now is doing, being an entrepreneur, it's not that easy to make money, you know? And it's harder to find clients that you align with and that want to make the investment in you and where you feel good about them, they feel good about you and to know what a good day was. So again, so to answer your question, if I could change anything, I'd love to have like a metric if I know, okay, today was a good day and I was able to do the things that I needed, I needed to do today to feed my family and be like, get, give myself an A. I'm like, okay, I showed up fully because right now it's hard to figure that out. It's hard to say, okay, did I do everything I could have done today in the right way? I think it's, um, yeah, all of that I can very much relate to. And I think mm-hmm. that it's a, um, I think it's a great moment to use this question of how is your heart, right? Like if you wake up in the morning and you ask yourself, how is your heart? And then you're going to bed at night and you're going, okay, how's my heart? Have I done the things today that fill my heart with goodness, right? I'm going to use the word goodness because it's not all going to be rainbows and sunshine. Um, But at the end of the day, when you sort of look for the harmony of it all, is it better Mm -hmm. or worse? And I think that's, uh, you know, 
I'm having like a moment right now because I've been searching for the same thing of how do I measure a day? I have so many different jobs I'm doing. Mm-hmm. How do I measure the day? And how do I feel good about each day? Right. Because I don't want right. to I don't want to feel bad about a day. Right. I mean, we all have them. Mm-hmm. But like I want the overarching experience to be positive. And um, I think this this question helps for me anyway, and hopefully for our listeners and anyone else helps clarify that a little bit and give some, I give a metric of, of some sort. Cause yeah, as attorneys, we're like, what's the spreadsheet say? <laughs> and I think, I think we can also approach life. Um, this is kind of harsh, but like rather than on a A to F scale, more like a pass fail. Mm. And like, I, I don't like fail as the option versus pass. <laughs> and I don't like you know, I have a whole theory about failing that we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but I I had talked to somebody um, a while back about um, like a friend's child who um, was very high functioning autistic, who went to one of the, one of the Ivies that has passed fail and isn't graded. I don't know if it's Brown or Dartmouth or one of those, but Mm -hmm. probably Dartmouth. Um, But they, they said, you know, they, they love being at this school because it's pass fail. So like they, all that pressure is off on the other hand, Mm. it's pass fail. So how do they know that they're the best? Like, how do they know that they're at the top of the class if it's pass fail? And so I think that for a lot of us who have always been driven to get them, whether it's like the most billable hours or the top grades or or like, I mean, there's are obviously real concerns with income producing, but assuming that you're paying right. your bills, so you know the income is being produced because the you know the bills are being paid. Um, you know, if you're you know if you are trying to figure out how to judge the day as a success, I think we need to change the scale, right? And so maybe it is saying, how is my heart? How am I feeling at the end of the day? But it also could just be like how am I grading it? Maybe it is a pass fail, but we just, we use a different word other than fail. Cause that's right. That's a sad word. Well, and maybe it's getting us to- closer to that 10 year goal, right. Of like, I'm not going to do everything in one day. I'm not going to achieve everything in a single 24 hour period. Obviously we all know that. Um, and knowing that and feeling that are wildly different things just to be very clear for everyone. Um, but to to know that like, okay, in 10 years, I want to feel contentment. I want to feel joy. I want to feel like what I'm doing matters to people, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. If you know that every day you're working towards that, right? Like that's a success. You can judge that as, as a successful day. Um, but, you know, beyond that, what, what other things, I guess, do you do, Wendy, that... Um, that help your heart? Like what other, th- like, do you do physical things? I mean, I, I can tell you exercise based on our earlier conversation, which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But what kind of stuff do you do to support your health, your physical health, your mental health, your heart? How, mm-hmm. what do you do on it? Like, what is a day for you? What is a day? So like, I'm trying, I have like two answers to your question. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to answer it. So I think what is a day to me, I'll give you the, my very brief morning routine. And then the most amazing thing I think I do in there that is very similar to the how is your heart question, sort of. So I wake up before the children and that has to be number one. Like we have got to wake up before our kids. If we don't wake up before the kids, we are running on defense all day. And right now I'm usually going to bed before my children, at least before my son. So 
if I don't wake up before him, I, I have literally no time that was ever just mine and sacrosanct alone, right? So number one, wake up before the kids. Then I come downstairs, do my water, do my coffee, and I sit in a chair over there. And that is when I um, I plug into, like, I do some reading, I journal. And lately, I've been lighting incense, and I find a lot of joy in that. There's some, there's like, and now I'm like addicted to the smell in the morning. So I'm like, I want to smell like the smell of incense. And I think it just helps, like, ground me. And like, even if I just meditate by just like watching the waves yeah. of the incense smoke, you know, for a couple of minutes, like, okay, that's good. You know, I've done that. And it just brings me, the smell, I think, just brings me into a good spot. And then it's when I use my, do my creative, create creative time and then work out and then I'm off for the day. But I think the most important question I ask in the journal is two things. Like one, what is my big event of the day? So what is the biggest thing I have going on today? And it could be like this podcast, you know, or it could be what I'm, even though I've turned off the spaghetti litigation, but like if I was like in litigation mode, like just several months ago, I'd be like, it might be the cross-examination of this witness, or it might be my closing argument, or it could be if it's just like mostly a mom day, um, in my kid's soccer game, you know, some, something. So what is, what is going to require the most of me today, the big event? And then who do I want to be and who do I want to show up as to the event? So if it's in trial, it's I'm unwavering, right? If I need that, get the evidence in, like I'm unwavering, like this is who I need to be. If it's being a parent, it's like I am present. If it's being with my husband on date night, I am a loving wife. And whoever, like think about who I want to show up as in that moment before I'm even there. For the podcast, I want to be like energetic and well-spoken. You know, so like, who do I want to be? Think about who I want to be, visualize it. So then once I'm in the moment, once it comes, like, and I forget, sometimes there's like that, two seconds, like where you like, you forget to be that person. Like you're going to be the yelling mom. You're going to be flustered. You're going to be nagging, you know, whatever. Like, no, nope, no. Nope. Remember I said, I was going to be this person. This is who I want to be. So you've already future planned it. Like, okay. And then you can plug into it easier. And I think when we do that, I think that's the key to like so much of life. So we actually think about the moment before we're in it. We're super duper present when we're in it. And it just, it feels good times too, because we've planned it and then we're there. So it's like, the moment is deeper, like it has more texture to it almost. And that's, yeah. that's my secret sauce. I love it. I, I really, I really do like that. I think that's great. Um, now, we're going to take that, another do you have that journal. Do you like sell that journal with oh. those questions? Cause I would like to buy it's it. Coming out. It's coming out. Thank you. It is coming out. Oh my gosh. It has been such a, it's been such a process, but Crossing my fingers, it's actually like for sale by Black Friday. Because like my goal is like you know to make a nice Thanksgiving push, and because right. uh, I'm like if I'm I waiting just on write place. like a couple of lines, like this is my big event. Although immediately I'm like, but what if I have three soccer games and a baseball game? What is my big event on that day? <laughs> momming, yeah. momming I'm in present. general, <laughs> momming. Yeah. yeah. Um, we need to take a quick break. Uh, so we're going to do that. And when we come back, we'll ask a couple more questions and we will get to our favorite, the quick response question. So we will be right back, everyone. In case you didn't already know, we love talking. True story. More than simply talking, we love researching, prepping, and bringing this podcast to life. We launched We Go Boldly with the goal of reaching people dealing with the kinds of questions and concerns that we also face. Things like how to hear my inner voice, how to make sure my habits are worth it and stick, how do I feel my feelings and still manage to function. 
after years of personal work and lots of trial and error, we realized we have a lot to share on these topics. Now we've been broadcasting for over a year and we are proud of our podcast. And uh, to no one's surprise, we still have a lot to say and talk about. We sure do. We need your help to keep going. Every episode takes time and money to create, and we would love your support. So if you like what we are doing, please support us by joining our Patreon community and becoming a monthly subscriber. Join our Patreon community today at patreon.com slash we go boldly. We are so grateful to all of our supporters. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Um, before we took a break, you mentioned a journal coming out. I want to talk a little bit about your book um, and sort of how yeah, <laughs> nice how it, it's so it's so pretty too. How did it Isn't come it? about for you to write this book? And um, I don't know how how is the process making your heart feel like what what is the emotion yeah. that you have connected to it? Or yeah. emotion, say. It, it, so, like before, I would say, where do I want to be ten years from now? And I want to feel. I can't remember the word I used, but I'll say right now, it's like arrived. Like so, when I was on the book tour and out in California, and I was speaking on a panel uh, with the book coach I used, and he was like using those of us who have had success, you know, to help like talk to up and coming authors about the process. I just felt like I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Like, I love helping these other authors. I love sharing my inspiration with them. I love being looked at as a writer. It just, everything was just like aligned. And for the first time in my life, I just felt, oh my gosh, this is where I'm supposed to be. Because even like as a lawyer, well, clearly if I'm leaving the law, like that never, it felt good at times, but there was still this like, mm, is this really it? This is the first time I've been in something. I'm like, yes, this is really it. Like this, I love this and I could talk about it for days and I just want to do it again and again. Uh, the book process, I really loved the book process and I, I had a lot of success with it, but it was also listening to my gut. That Arizona trip I told you about that I just had to go on. Uh, I went and it was this really, really neat conference. And at the conference, I met a gentleman named Jake Kelfer. He was my book coach and I met him and I'm just like, there is something about him and I need to work with him. When I met him, he was 29 years old. He's only 30 now. Like, he, like he's freaking amazing. And if you think I have a lot of energy, he's like me times 10. Like, <laughs> lots and lots of energy. Yeah. And his goal for is like getting people published, like best-selling authors on Amazon. And he, he made the process really easy and really fun because he had an amazing team that I got to work with. So that was all good. And I say right now, I just, I feel arrived. I know that sounds sort of like a, well, I'm in Hollywood and I got like the cast in the movie, but like it, it's yeah. how I, it, it's the best word for how I feel. Yeah. I remember very distinctly um, several moments in my, in my lifetime, right. Where I was doing something and the feeling attached to that act was so overwhelmingly yes, that mm -hmm. it is like arriving, right? It's but it's arriving into mm -hmm. yourself. It's arriving into who yeah. you fully, authentically want to be. Um, and that I think arrived is a, a great word to use to describe it. I think it's um, and it's such an amazing feeling. Uh, and it's something I personally like chase. I, I maybe maybe I shouldn't use that word. Maybe I shouldn't be chasing it. But the feeling that I get when, you know, 
like if we're doing a workshop and we're talking to people and some, I watch somebody have an aha moment, that feeling inside me is something like there's no drug around. There's no stimulus. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that could give me that same feeling. It's so fantastic. And I love it. Um, so anyway, sorry, I'm not about me, but <laughs> I just got excited because I, you know, I have that same experience. But mm-hmm. so a couple more questions for you. And then, um, like I said, before we took our last break, we want to ask you our quick response questions. I know we're getting towards the end of our allotted time, but um, you mentioned woo earlier, and I'm mm-hmm. curious to hear how that um, and spirituality in general come into play in you kind of. In, in your whole, tr- I'm going to call it a transformation, your transformative process that you've been yeah. going through. Mm-hmm. It, it's, I still, I'm a baby in my spiritual journey, I would say. You know, I was raised very Christian, like Lutheran, like that's how I was raised, you know. And just a year ago is when I really started delving into like more of like a spiritual world kind of woo thing and intuition and human design and all this stuff. And I'm like, there's something out here for this. And I just, again, I just keep following the breadcrumbs and it's what feels aligned with me. But now I have this strange thing. Like I see 1111 all the time. I don't know if you have like numbers. So every time I see 1111, I'm like, okay, I'm on the right path. Cool. I'm on the right path. Especially if I'm doing something or worried about something. Uh, Like for example, yesterday, something about my dad at some point, I don't remember what, but he, I wanted to send a text message to my dad and I think he might be a little frustrated with me right now, but it was 11, 11 when I thought about sending it. So I'm like, okay, yes, Wendy, you should send it because it's like, that's my little time from the universe saying, yep, yep. Like if you're thinking about anything, it, it's time to go. So I say I'm still like a baby on my spiritual journey because it's only, it's been like just the past year that I've totally reformed my outlook on life and why we're here and like the big bang theory and like all, all, all of that, uh, I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, I love the woo. I am like all in on the woo, but I grew up with a lot of woo. Um, so I think, you know, Tova, did you want to ask a question? I keep interrupting when you're about to ask something. Well, um, no, I was just going to ask how, um, I mean, I, I had a question. We often ask how, you know, a lot of this affects how you would, as you look back to your childhood, you know, how this would affect, um, what you might tell your younger self about caring for your heart. And I do want to ask that, but I also want to ask how this affects what you tell your kids about them caring for their heart, especially right now that I feel like they're in a time of transition. I'm not going to say struggle, but I'm going to say transition because we know they're going to get through the other side yeah. of something else. Mm-hmm. We just don't know when it is. And I can't give any advice because I, my high oldest is a 12 year old. So I'm in the weeds as well. <laughs> we're in the same boat. We're in the same we're, boat. Yeah, yeah. We're all in it. <laughs> we're all in it in that, that weird age. Um, I mean, my, my son yesterday was so upset because I was talking about how like the, the boys have, some of the boys have sweatshirts with their names on the back. And now mm-hmm. that they're dating, they're dating girls. I put that in quotes for, you know, all the people who are listening to the podcast. Um, and like they, they're girls who are wearing the sweatshirts now with the boys' names on the back. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's really uncomfortable. And it seems really like, like he didn't use the word exclusionary, but that's what he meant. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it, it is. <laughs> I was like, that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. And it welcome to, mm-hmm. you know, your teens. Right. 
like, I don't know. I, I can validate your feelings, but I. Right. <laughs> but like, what know. else do you say about yeah. it? Right? Yeah. So, so my question is like both, what do you, what would you like to tell your younger self that was, you yeah. know, Lutheran <laughs> and, and, and lived right, as a single right. child? And then what do you, what, what, what do you want to impart to your, your children about caring for their heart? It's such a good question. And actually the first book I started writing, but I put on pause is Letters to Little Wendy. Mm -hmm. So that's the book. And I need to get in my brain. That's going to be my fourth book. I'm still figuring out book two and three, but, uh, that it is exactly that. And it's basically, again, validating her fears, validating her feelings, but knowing she's so freaking strong and like, she got herself through this. Like she got, and like to go back, like the message to myself is like, you are so much stronger than you think you are. Keep doing what you're doing. Like, you're more confident than you realize and all this is shit that is happening. Like, and all these frustrations and all these people who are mean to you and all of the bullying and the name calling, whatever it might be, like it's there for a reason. And it's there. So when you deal, do deal with diversity, not diversity, what's the word? Adversity. Sorry. When you deal with adversity in a later point in life, you're just ready. Like you're just ready because you've done it. What I wasn't expecting, however, and this is more recent, is I wasn't expecting my to relive all of that shit that I thought I got over and I did get over and heal in some ways. I wasn't expecting to relive it through watching my kids go through it. Like I just wasn't prepared and I was not prepared to take on their emotions as my own to the point like, and again, I'm still learning, right? But my daughter, she's nine and she just had a big friendship breakup. Like and it, very devastating. And I think I was more devastated we were both equally devastated. And at one point she's like, Hey mom, this is happening to me. This isn't happening to you. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yep, you're right. You're right. Cause like, I think I was having too many feelings about it. So I'm learning to how to not hide my feelings from my kids, but to make sure I am not projecting my feelings onto them, which I'm learning and um, how not to go into my own spiral. Cause it's been a really long time since I've been in a spiral in a friendship way. And it happened with like her thing. And I, that just, it caught me by surprise. So what I teach in terms of what I'm teach them, um, it's what I wish I could teach them. And this, I think is the hardest part is we have now know what a self-limiting belief is, right? And we know how bullshit it is, even though, and like we can know it and feel it are two different ways, agree? Like sometimes I know it and I still have a hard time with the feelings because we get stuck in the feelings, but to try and teach that to our kids, you know, this is this is a self-limiting belief, This, you know, and like walk them through the steps and walk them why it isn't actually true and they are actually really amazing and watching them deal with that and see what is going to start being their built their building blocks of self-limiting beliefs like that's the hardest like that is the hardest thing to watch so just to have the vocabulary with them now and to do your best or i try to do my best to help 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 them overcome that faster even knowing that they're going to have to go through it too because it's a way of life right yeah. Figuring out how to set boundaries with your kids um, between your own life experiences and what's actually happening around them is it, it's something I did not anticipate how hard it might be. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that sort of, you know, like watching your my daughter's uh, well, almost 11 and watching her go through okay. middle school is 
bringing up a lot of things that I thought I had dealt with where I'm like, wait a minute, why am I upset about this? This is crazy. I know. Um, but it's mm-hmm. also fantastic when they come to you in ways that maybe you wouldn't have gone to your own parents or they have conversations yes. with you and um it's just stuff you wouldn't like connections I would never have even made at that age right like ideas that I didn't yeah. have access to and so I take a lot of hope out of that and a lot of like personal feelings of accomplishment from that experience like okay I am doing something right here um agreed yeah so I think it's um I think it's it's fantastic and it's awful all at the same time like so much of life right um Mm -hmm. but I know we have to wrap up so I want to ask you I want to dive into our quick response questions Tova unless you had something else you wanted to throw in there but I think I think that was our that's our that's one of my favorite questions that she just asked you but we will uh we will ask you five questions and this is a way for mm-hmm. people to kind of get to know you a little bit better a little little more fun lighthearted i guess i don't know i think it's all okay. a little more lighthearted right. questions so first what do you well you already answered this wait, we're gonna wait, ask and, you anyway. and and these just just the rules there are no oh i'm sorry questions. i forgot about the rules so There's she no can't way? ask you follow-up questions i can't ask you follow-up oh, okay all right all right that's hard, hard right I, it's nearly impossible for me I always have questions <laughs> um, all right first what do you do when you first get up in the morning I look at my stats on my aura ring oh. it's my sleep my sleep yeah, which is the score oh. ring tracks my sleep so okay. I want to see you know how I slept the night before I like it okay uh two what is your favorite movie love the back to the future trilogy oh my goodness it makes me so happy it does so good it's weirdly like the third time i've heard of back to the future in the last two years i don't know why it keeps coming up um number three what is on your nightstand oh my goodness like a stack of books like that's two feet tall that i need to read uh mm-hmm. the two books i can think of that are on there are bear town the third bear town book so the one that's like, you know, five inches, like a Harry Potter size novel. And then the other one's Breathe by James Nestor, which is really interesting. And I'm sure there's a million others. Oh, the 14 questions, 14 conversations you need to have with your kid before they're 14. That's on there. And I'm like, oh, shoot, my kid's almost 14 in like two years. I should probably start reading this one. <laughs> Get to it. A bunch of books, my phone, even though I only use my phone as my alarm clock and a pen, because if I'm reading, I need to be annotating as well. Yeah. Yep. Such a lawyer thing. I love it. Um, All right. Number four, who is at the top of your musical playlist right now? I love Olivia Rodrigo. I'm obsessed with her. That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. Love I got tickets to see her in Philly this summer. So I'm super, super psyched. I'm way more excited for her. I mean, I like Taylor Swift, but like, I love Olivia Rodrigo. So Um, he's who we needed in our 20s. Oh, there are so many people now that I would say that about. Um, Number five, what is the best piece of advice you've received and who gave it to you? So when I was making the really hard decision to leave my firm, which was a really, it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. Mm -hmm. And I was speaking with a life coach at the time and I, she's like, well, Wendy, why, why aren't you gone? Like, it's, 
it's time. And I was like, the guilt. She said, what do you mean the guilt? I'm like, they're my family. Like, I, I, they're my work family. Like, I, I can't bear the guilt of leaving. That so I felt terrible. I mean, it, it kept me there for like a really long time. And she says, Wendy, guilt will not feed your soul. Guilt will not feed your family. Like, it is time. It is. And that was in June of 2018. And I told my partners mid-July of 2018, I was leaving. And my first day solo was, I think, August 13th. So it the, hearing those words, just 60 days later, I was like a whole new person. That is That's amazing. fantastic advice. And um, mm-hmm. I'm glad you were able to receive that and then share it with our listeners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, before we go, I want to make sure everyone knows how they can find your book, how they can find you. Mm-hmm what's coming up for you. Um, So can you share a little bit with us about that? Yeah. So my book is on Amazon. It's called Sparkle and Grit. But if anyone goes to sparkleandgrit.com, they will also, they will see a link to my book there. As soon as my journal is out and published, which will hopefully be next month, uh, the link to the journal will be there as well. Obviously, I offer coaching. Um, I'm doing group coaching with Sparkle and Grit. That's starting soon, the one-on-one coaching. But I'd say if they go to the Sparkle and Grit webpage, that is the best place to find me and everything that I offer. Excellent. Okay. Well, we will definitely put that in the show notes for you all and share it on our social so you guys can find it. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. I know we went a little long. I'm sorry about that. Um, we, I feel like we could just keep asking you questions. I could, I could always ask questions, um, but we love having you with us and we really appreciate you taking the time, um, to join us today. And, uh, it's just been a lot of fun to talk to you. Um, yeah. with that, yeah, thank you for coming. Very exciting. Thanks. It's been a lot of fun. This is, it's just nice to have good conversations with good people. You know? yes. So yes, it is. It's a so, great hour uh, of my day. <laughs> uplifting, right? Um, yeah. All right. Well, with that, everyone, we will be back next week with another episode for season nine. Until then, maybe give yourself uh, the opportunity to ask, how is my heart when you wake up in the morning and see how it goes? Um, otherwise, we will be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to We Go Boldly podcast. We know you're busy and we love spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button. Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together. Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz. Find us at GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info. We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts next week. Until then, keep on being the bold, brave, amazing people we know you already are.